Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Bulls Nation, and welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented to you by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up your PointsBet account to live your bet life and get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Ball night, game three, NBA Finals tonight. Mm. You, you know I'm throwing a little, a little action on my PointsBet app. On there. A little bit, a okay. little bit. All right, all right. What's going on, everybody? I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Mm-hmm. That right there is my guy, Big Dave. He's on Twitter at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. Bow. Oh, and throwing in the backup vocals to the bowels in the magic bubble. Bow! Is our goat, Will Golly. Follow him on Twitter at Won't Golly. We are CHGO underscore Bulls on Twitter. Will, hold on, Will, I got, I got to give you the Joey treatment now, man. Because Joey has absolved himself and removed himself from me messing with him for saying ball, but not having a ball hoodie. He picked up a ball hoodie. Now, Will, there's only one left. Only one more person in there, Will. And that is the Will to Thrill in Brazil that ain't picked up his hoodie yet, sir. Do you, What's going do you guys on? ship to South America? <laughs> Anywhere in the world, to be honest with you. But you're gonna be back in the states like next week. Yeah, you don't right? need it now. I feel like you should just <laughs> you order wait. it now and have it shipped to your place in Chicago, and yeah. then it'll be waiting for you when you get home. Take your time. Put a link. Put a link, Dave, in the chat on YouTube, so I and all the other viewers can go order a ball hoodie. Because that's exactly that's a- what I'll do. That man's always thinking about flexing, and I and I like it so much, man, and I appreciate that. That's a flex for you, I, and I and, I, and I'm flex, not against a it. Flex on your behalf. <laughs> very, very comfortable hoodie. Will highly recommend it. I got black. Maybe what's the other color? Gray. White. Oh no, red, red. I, mean, well, I don't there's know. A white one, and then there's these limited editions. Yeah, the that cre- I'm wearing. the creators right edition. Here. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I would I would have gone with the red with the black print on it. Right, right, right. They're coming. Don't but worry. But I I went black with red print, and it mm-hmm. also looks. Dope as hell. There, there are plenty more limited yeah. edition ones on the way. Trust me. Joey, toss the link in the uh, in the chat. Ballsports.com. Yeah, Ballsports.com. Boom. Slash store. Uh, slash store. What up to Darius <laughs> in the comments who said MJ Scotty and Dennis back at it again? I feel like <laughs> I feel like we all know who's who. <laughs> Wait, okay. I I know you're Dennis. I know well, you're Dennis. Michael. Okay, so Will Scotty. Will Scotty. Oh, because he does. That. Okay, I get it. I'm Steve Kerr. I'm just the finisher. <laughs> you guys handle the rock you no know, but you're way more uh, important to the championships no offense to steve love fair. steve yeah that's fair that's that's very fair he's right the iq is high i will. would have said packs but you know i'm not gonna say that you can't do that man you see who's here <laughs> you can't do that 
Ixnay on the axe pay. Uh, all right, y'all. We're going to have some fun today. First thing on deck is we're going to continue a little bit of the part of a conversation we had with our guy Jason Goff yesterday, which, by the way, if you missed yesterday's show, go check that out on our YouTube channel. Our, uh, our pal Jason Goff was here with us in the studio. One of the things we touched on was the rumors that continued to spread yesterday about Rudy Gobert, the fact that maybe there's some interest from the Bulls uh, in some kind of massive trade mm-hmm. uh, with Rudy if the Jazz do continue to break things up this offseason mm-hmm. in the aftermath of their head coach, Quinn Snyder, stepping down. Mm-hmm. Will, you have a great column up right now on allchgo.com offering all of your perspective on what it might look like and the fact that you, like me, were on the fence on this whole Rudy Gobert idea, and then you sort of talked yourself into it being a great idea mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. So l- just tell us how that train of thought happened because I'm still I am still riding that fence on whether or not I'm I like this idea so or not. With you. <laughs> and so with you, you seem to be have like with all of your faith leapt over to the other side of that fence and said, "Yeah, F it, let's do it." Why? Yeah, I I decided it was time to pick a side. And once I, like, when I initially saw the report, it was like the sticker shock. It's like, okay, you're giving up Patrick Williams and Kobe White and Vucevic just to get this max contract, one-dimensional center. Like, of course, that sounds kind of bad. But I put some thought into it, and I did a lot of research. And I think it kind of comes down to a couple of key points. And where you fall on these is kind of going to determine whether or not you think it's a good idea. And I'll, I'll just say up front, like, I don't think this is an obvious no-brainer, and I don't think it's a situation where the Bulls would be complete idiots to not do it. So there's no real wrong answer, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to weighing what you think Patrick's potential is. Do you think that he could be a star player? And when I say star player, I'm talking about all-star, top 20, top 15 player in the league, mm-hmm. or you think he could be just kind of like an above average starter, like maybe a top 60 player in the league. And, and obviously there's in between there, but if you think he's going to be a top 15 player in the league, then you probably shouldn't make this deal. Right. Cause that's a really good player and you don't want to give that up for me. I'm not sure I'm there with Patrick. And again, I don't think that's a knock on him, but I just don't know if I see that quality of player. I think he could be good. I think he could even be great, but there's a ton of uncertainty there and there's, uh, a lot of certainty with how good we know Gobert is. Um, I think the the narrative on Gobert has swung a little too far. Like this dude is insanely good and basically is a top 10 defense waiting to happen. Um, I think the idea that he gets played off the floor in the playoffs and that he is like an offensive net negative is a little bit overblown. Like the jazz defense around him is really, really bad. And basically he's the only reason why they've been good for the last five years. Um, so I think he's really good and he automatically makes the bulls a ton better. Obviously there's a trade off with the shooting and the floor spacing, but for me, it's just like the bulls have this window. DeMar is under contract for two more years and he's 32 years old and getting older. Obviously you have this window. Is it better to strike while the iron is hot, go all in. They've already traded picks and players to go get guys to win now, or do you kind of try to straddle the line and hope that you can build on what you did last year and also kind of have your cake and eat it too, where you can have Pat turn into that top 15 player down the line. For me, that last part feels like more of a risk, more uncertainty there. 
And so I think adding Gobert puts you in a better position to try to win now. Oh, well, I, I have so many thoughts on this. Honestly, there's, I really there's a lot um, there. We can, we can unpack all of it. That's just, yeah, that's, that, that's, and that's why we're here. And that's what we're here to do. Um, I'm definitely with Matt. Like I am on the fence. Like one day I'm with it. One day I'm not. Um, but I wanted to ask you specifically this because one thing I know you've talked about a lot uh, just for the Bulls this season was the help that they need pretty much on the offensive end. And, you know, again, you get a guy like Gobert, we already, like you said, immediately your defense is legit and much better. But do you think there's something he can bring to the offensive end that can actually help this team uh, win? Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the trade-off. Um Busevich obviously is a more versatile scorer. He's got three-point shot. He's obviously um, a better playmaker in pick-and-roll situations. And I think, you know, Gobert shoots really well around the rim, but it's a lot of lobs and putbacks. It's not like he's creating his own offense. So what you gain defensively, you kind of lose in some sense on the offensive end. And I do think that's a problem. But I think Gobert is kind of talked about like he's just kind of out there. But he's a real, like having that kind of lob threat, uh, especially where DeMar loves to, you know, operate in mid-range and pick and roll uh, a little bit closer to the basket, having such a great, um, just like catch radius for Gobert and like the ability to just like go get it. Um, the Bulls don't have that. Like a lot of times Vucevic was just like floating around the elbow, not really making any sort of like aggressive, um, decisive moves with the ball. And I think he's a good passer, but there wasn't a ton of scoring threat the way he was playing. And part of that was just that he was kind of in his head. He wasn't making shots, but I think having a really dynamic role man, where if you help on DeMar, it's a dunk, it's a lob, it's an oop. And if you don't help on DeMar and you stay home on Gobert to prevent the the lob, well, now DeMar has got a one-on-one situation. I think we all know what happens there. So I think you're a little bit less um, dynamic in the sense that like there aren't as many options. You're obviously not picking popping for three. He's not going to like make plays out of the short roll the way that Vucevic did, but Vucevic wasn't making his shots and Gobert shoots 70% from the field, like 70% at the rim. So, you know, he's getting just as many points almost on way higher efficiency, opening up, I think some more passing or uh, I'm sorry more scoring lanes for DeMar obviously you're going to need shooters around them but the Bulls need that anyway so I think it's just a more um, committed offense to one style and there's certainly some uh, downsides to that some cons to it but um, you you also kind of like have more of an offensive identity we've talked about this in the past where it's like what are the Bulls kind of doing on offense Um, and this would be an offense very much built around that pick and roll, and if you can get the right shooters around them with Lonzo and Zach and hopefully a four who can really space the floor, now you've really got something going. Mm. I, I mean, all of that makes sense to me, Will. Um, I guess, like, my my remaining biggest questions are, I, I get it. If you if you make this move and you bring in Rudy, the Rudy Gobert, DeMar DeRozan pick and roll is going to be downright deadly and virtually unstoppable, and that's cool, and it would give the Bulls a – foundational identity offensively, which as you were just noting, they didn't quite have this past season. But to me, like this past season was a really beautiful blend of, you know, not that they were running the triangle, but just for the sake of comparison back in the day, 
when the Bulls were running the triangle and found an offense about ball movement, and then also part of that triangle was the greatest offensive player in the NBA at that time in Michael Jordan. And so it was sort of like DeMar and his iso ball heroism blended in with Bulls kind of just being a free-flowing, keep the ball moving, find shooters, find slashers, and kill your opponent in transition offense. And it, it was like it wasn't well defined. I agree that there weren't like strict borders on what the Bulls were doing offensively this past season. But until they started losing guys, it worked. And in, in its odd way, it worked. I am worried about the monotony and the predictability of Demar Gobert pick and roll forty eight minutes every single night. <laughs> like I don't want to watch that. I really don't. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, for me. Part of what sort of derailed the identity was the fact that there were so many injuries and part of me wants to like run it back just to see if they can make that happen. But I do think there's value in having something you can always fall back on and always rely on as super stable offense. So um, you still have DeMar and his ability to create in the mid range. You still have Zach, you still have Lonzo, who's a really good ball mover. Maybe you put Gobert in the dunker spot a little bit more and let Lonzo or Zach be the screener. Um, I, I still think that you can move the ball, even if you have Gobert. Like, I don't think swapping Vooch for Gobert does that much to, to like, bog down the offense. Obviously, it's a little bit different. He's a passer that Vooch is, Will. He's a good passer. That's true. That, that's true. But I think He's good. The, the way that the offense would have to work would be, yeah, it would be less reliant on that. But I don't think that necessarily makes it you know, a non-passing offense. It's just like coming from a different place. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what's, what else scares me uh, about Gobert is, well, one, he's turning 30 uh, this month. Happy birthday, uh, Rudy Gobert. And this was pretty much his best year um, of his career. I'm just talking, you know, numbers-wise. Um, 15, what, 15.6 a game. Led the league in rebounding. Uh, the highest field, like you said, 70%. That's the highest he shot. Uh, in, in his career and his best uh, free throw numbers ever. He shot 69%, you know, from the free throw line, uh, nice. which is great. If he can shoot 70%, you know, that opens up a whole nother realm uh, for him. But what scares me is him going 30. So, cause now all I'm looking at is, okay, when is the decline going to begin? Does it start as soon as you get in Chicago? Does it start that decline of going down? Cause it sounds like when you get a guy, a center at 30, that's two years. That's how I look at it. Like, mm -hmm. you got two years left of that prime, and then, you know, we're going to have some issues. So that kind of scares me because I'm, we're kind of going through that with Vooch now. And to a much lesser extent or a bigger extent, but I, it's not the same, Ben Wallace popped in my head immediately when I thought about this. You've been scarred too many times. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you sound like me now, Will. I dig this. But, you know, also but – that's how, that's how I thought, though. Like, right. I, I thought of Ben immediately, like, that immediate success that the Bulls got when they got him. Right. And then that was it, you know, and then we were done for it. But there it. was a lot more money on the back end of that. Exactly. Whereas Vooch <laughs> is on a de-escalating yes. final year of yes. his contract for next season. So all that scares me. The money, the age, and all that kind of, kind of scares four, me, Will. Four okay, years, so 170. Let me, let me flip that on you then. And what do you do yes. after this year with Vooch? What do you do at the five after this year? Say it again. What do you do at the five after this year with Vooch? Assuming that you yeah, just let Vooch go? You re, you re Tony Bradley. No, I'm playing. 
<laughs> like, yeah, assuming Vooch, like Vooch is 32 this year, so he's older. He's obviously not in his prime anymore. He's kind of on the on the downswing there. Maybe he uh, has a little bit more of a, a bump in his shooting percentages because that was, um, you know, atypically low for him. But I think you're – Rudy's not young, but he's younger, obviously. And I think his style of play – and I kind of – I hoped this too about Vooch, but obviously it didn't work out that way – that I think his style of play ages a little bit better because he's not – you know, relied on to do a whole lot on offense other than just dive to the basket and dunk. And then defensively, he is doing that drop coverage that I know has drawn a lot of uh, frustration, but he does it better than anybody else in the league. And I think that's really an important point here is like for me, like we've talked about Mark Williams and whether, you know, that kind of player makes sense. And for me, like I've never wanted to really go down that, that path where you have just a very, you know, pick and roll heavy offense and a rim protector kind of center where you can't really switch things. And I think for me, Gobert is the exception to the rule there because the gap between what he does as that player compared to what Mitchell Robinson does, who was also named as one of the the players that the Bulls might be interested in compared to what Mark Williams might do is like, it's not just that these guys are like, Rudy's an A and Gobert or uh, Mark Williams is a B. Like the gap is enormous. And I think people don't really appreciate how good he is at that because, um, because the jazz have been kind of crumbling for the last two years. I mean, I think that's another thing too, is like their whole foundation has been built around Gobert and everybody else is getting older. The point of attack defense there is getting worse. Uh, There's a great video on YouTube by Ben Taylor talking about Rudy Gobert and his ability to defend both the perimeter and whether he gets played off the floor in the playoffs. Um, I I just think he is so much better at that than anybody else in the league. And so having that, that far and away, like best in the league rim protection would actually really help the bulls. Um, And yeah, I think that's, it's, it's just not the same as like going out and drafting a guy because there's just, there's no comparison there even though the style of play might be the same. Joey, you look like you want to weigh in. Yeah, I have a couple things. I mean, I definitely think there's some concern. Like, Will, you're absolutely right. He's probably one of the best rim protectors of all time and will be a Hall of Famer just based on his defensive contributions alone. Uh, Rosillo talks about all the time on his podcast, like uh, the Jazz defensive rating in the playoffs consistently is not as good as it was in the regular season. I think probably because of the reasons you said he's not – amazing at defending on the perimeter but I also think it's probably because the Jazz didn't have a ton of good perimeter defenders one thing I do like about bringing him on the Bulls is if you have Lonzo and Caruso kind of shutting down the two you know and they'll, they'll have some problems especially if they get rid of Pat with bigger wings but I think that would probably be the best defensive perimeter team Gobert has played with but like I, I don't know. It's it concerns me to think about a closing five with both Caruso and Gobert on the on the floor at the same time. Uh, you mean from like an offensive and spacing yes. perspective? Yes. Yeah, I think that's where the Bulls would the Bulls front office would have a lot of work to do. Um, Caruso shot forty percent on threes his last year in LA, the year before he came to the Bulls, on um, pretty good volume. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, and I think he was shooting a lot better before he injured his thumb this past year. So you hope for some positive uh, regression there. 
but the Bulls have to find shooting at the four anyway. Like th- that's going to be a problem of theirs. And so, you know, basically saying, well, Patrick could be that versus let's get an A plus defender. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they have work to do anywhere anyway. And so like that shouldn't stop them from making a move that, that helps them in an area of need and makes them a lot better. Um, there are guys that they'll be able to get on the market, I think, more easily with the core of Zach, Gobert, and Damar. Like, what power forward shooter wouldn't want to come play for the Bulls on a 10-year mid-level exception where you're going to be that guy that, like, you know, may not get to play everywhere else, but, you know, gets to be that big wing on a team that has Zach Levine and Damar DeRozan and Rudy Gobert as that infrastructure around you. Uh, the Bulls have some ability to go out and get guys in free agency. And I think the other big thing that, that people have been scared off by with Gobert is the contract. And I guess I'm just at a point where I don't care about money. Like, <laughs> this is Jerry Reinsdorf's money, not my money. I don't care. And um, it is a lot of money to put into the center position, which, again, I, in, the, in the past and, like, in general, I'm kind of anti. But – Gobert is just so good at it, and I think he will age well enough that that contract doesn't look as bad as I think a lot of people might think. And also, it's the same reason that you like that you want to max Zach Levine. Like he earned the money; he's a best in the league type of defender, and that's what those guys are worth. And uh, you know, it doesn't like affect like maybe the Bulls have to go into the luxury tax, and maybe you're worried that they won't do that. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't still try to go after this guy. So I think they'll they'll have the mid-level exception. They can avoid the tax if they want. It is a lot of money to to get to go bear. But, like, you have to pay a lot of money if you want to have a good team. You've got to get good players. you got to pay them. Um, so I think there's kind of a ramble down there. But to answer your question, I think they'll have to do work on the margins to add shooting to the team. They will be able to do that in spite of having to pay go bear a lot of money because, one – he will attract more free agents and two, they still have the mid-level exception and some other trade chips to play around with. So I'm not super worried about that. Um, I mean, I am worried about it, but not much more worried that I, than I would be if they didn't make the trade, if that makes sense. Yeah, I want to add something, but I'm, I'm going to wait because I know we got to go to a break, but go ahead. We do. Well, and I was just going to add to that. Yes, obviously. I don't think there are any Bulls fans out there who are like, well, I don't know. That's a lot of money for Jerry and Michael to pay. No. I mean, Bulls fans have been yelling for years about how this is a big market franchise Mm -hmm. operating like a small market mom and pop franchise when it came to their wallets. And we finally, with the overhaul of the front office, started to look like we were trending in a new direction. And we heard Michael Reinsdorf say earlier this season Yes, if we're competing for championships or close to that, then we have no problem paying the luxury tax. I don't think any Bulls fan is going to be mad about that. To your point, Will, I think the issue I have, and you did kind of mention it, with Rudy is not the spending of the money, but the allocation of funds when you're building a roster. And that being a little bit of a hang-up for me, because you know my follow-up question is, does this team really need this? Does this team need this player that badly for that much money? When let's not forget, and yeah, I know they had a soft opening to their schedule, before guys started going down, and before Patrick Williams came back, they had a top 10 defense. Without Rudy Gobert, they had a top 10 defense. 
add yeah, add I more mean, rim protection. Eight. Add a solid big who can play power forward and play center, who's going to help you defensively, who doesn't cost $170 million over the next four years. That's all I'm saying. Again, like they, they have to do that anyway. Like they need to do that with Booch. And maybe Patrick turns into that guy. But kind of my point is that like even if he does, it's not going to be during the window where DeMar is playing like this. And if you think that in three to five years, Patrick Williams is going to be a top 15 player, that's great. But DeMar is not going to be around then anyway. So if you want to win and you want to win now, like that's kind of the cost of it. Um, I, like I said, I don't think that bringing in Gobert prevents you from being able to sign other free agents. Maybe it prevents you from being able to trade Pat for somebody else. But uh, I just, yeah, I think Gobert is being really uh, – undervalued underrated in the situation like i just don't think people appreciate how good he is and they may have had a top 10 defense like the way they were playing if they had gobert they're gonna be a top one defense like they would be so good and uh, like people complained all year about not having rim protection and then you're gonna add literally the best in the league at that i just i don't really understand what the the frustration about him is and maybe it's just that people don't like him which is i can't really argue with that like if you don't like him, you don't like him but i think he makes you so much better on that end and i think he he does make you better in some ways on offense obviously in some ways he makes you less versatile but i think having that screen and roll having somebody who creates so much space in those um pick and roll situations like people make fun of it, but like he's the screen assist king. Like he just creates so much offense by clogging up room and creating lanes for guys. I I just think he would make the bulls a lot better. All right. Um, Well, and I know you have more to add Dave. And speaking of just how special and talented Rudy is, uh, we, we have to take a look at where he ranked in a lot of defensive categories this season. We'll do that coming up next, Mm -hmm. but first big Dave. Yes, sir. Game three tonight. (gasps) Points bet. That's what it is. Uh, Sarah, be ready because I'm coming to you. You ready? <laughs> I'm coming to you. <laughs> the best way to support CHGO, y'all, is to download that Points Bet app and use that code. What's it called? CHGO. It's right there. Use that code right there when you sign up because if you do that right now, you'll get two, count them, one, two risk free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit, guess what you're going to get? Take guess. Guess what you're going to get? It's a, probably a free shirt of some kind. Man, you are a wizard. Yes. You get a free T-shirt, and you get that with that free membership, that C-E-C-H-G-O membership, oh. where you can get all that awesome web content. Oh. You know that story that had Bulls Nation set ablaze with that Will wrote, talking about Rudy Gobert, that and everybody right was on there on yeah. Twitter. That dude on the screen, mm-hmm. Maverick on our screen, that handsome gentleman, that guy, he wrote that. You can get all that, y'all, when you sign up with PointsBet using that code CHGO. That's 2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt of your choice, and that's from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. And introducing, he'll like this, the live NBA same-game parlay for the first time ever. You can build that perfect live NBA same-game parlay, and you do that only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, and we know you do. You can also boost 
that live NBA same game parlay, y'all. You can watch live, parlay live, boost live, and partay live with points bet. And all these people here in this beautiful city of Illinois where it is crazy outside right now with this rain. It's like Jumanji but, outside oh right now. Oh, my God. It's insane. But I am so the happy. Hell. This is my kind of summer going on right now. Minus that rain, this weather. You see, I got a hoodie on with some shorts. Come on, son. This is my thing right here. I love this. You can download that PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish. You can do it all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Because once that game starts, you don't just bet. What they do, Sarah? You live your bet life. You're not Sarah. You're not Sarah. She, (laughs) Big Dave, you're scaring her back here. (laughs) Put her on the spot like that. I'm still in training, so you got to give me till next week, and then I'll get on it. Oh, no, no. I blame Joey for that. Joey should have told you to live your bet life. He should have told you that was coming up. That's that's on you. Blame Joey. (laughs) See, it's Joe Bull's pastime. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I like how he turns himself into the victim. Oh, it's really of nice. course. It's, it's right. a good thing, yeah. Shout out to Sarah, who recently joined our CHGO family. Yes. What'd you say, Will? I, I miss one day, and I lose my live your bet life privileges. <laughs> no, Will, no. <laughs> no. That's tough. Nah, dude, you're just the old no, reliable. No, we always know you're that. there, but sometimes Big Dave likes to, to you know, spread the love. Yeah, I got to spread the share the will. You know I what I'm saying? yesterday with Goff, and I did say it out loud to myself in my room. When I was watching you guys yesterday, live your bet. <laughs> I said it. Just want to stay sharp, you know. Mm. Yes, got to be ready. See, I know I got, but sometimes I got to see the other shooters. We get new shooters on the team, you know. I got to get them in the game, man. Yeah. That's all. That's you all. Grab too much floor spacing. Oh no, no, yeah. Will. But no, gotta, never going to Got to see if Sarah has a little bit of that Maddie Legend kind That's of. That's it. Stuff oh, come on. Well, yeah. we ain't gonna go that far now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a rare thing, right there. Come on now. <laughs> Today's episode is also brought to you guys by Strava Craft Coffee. You want to start your day with a competitive edge? Give Strava a try. CBD Strava Craft Coffee is a game changer that's helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. It delivers s- delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad spectrum CBD. CBD, which comes from hemp, doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer you real benefits. They can help you feel alert and focused without the coffee jitters. Live your day more balanced with less anxiety, fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. And the best part is that Strava is all about quality. Everything small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD delivery system. Right now, CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. That's 25% off your purchase at StravaCraftCoffee.com with promo code CHGO25 at checkout. You know who had two cups of Strava today? This guy. Love it. Try it. Love it. Try it. Mm. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. (laughs) I forgot that that's how that sound effect started. Mm -hmm. And it just sounded like someone awkwardly grunting. It did, actually. You're right. You're right. Instead of a mmm, it sounded like a Right. (laughs) (laughs) Threw me off my game for a second there. Yo, (laughs) man. Oh, man. Oh, wait, I got you. I got you. Will, Will, I I, I did want to kind of say something and ask. It's like a question statement is the best way I can say it. But um, Yes, hit me with it. 
but with 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 Gobert, and we were kind of talking about this yesterday. Matt, uh, Matt's still losing it. I know. That's why I had to get him, man. He, he's he's in tears over here, man. You got to get him. <laughs> he's gone too, bro. He got it. He out of there, bro. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> He's done, man. But yo, <laughs> yo, but when we when we had um, Jason Golf on here yesterday, that's a flex. When we had him here yesterday, the one thing he kept saying, <laughs> thank you, Will. The one thing he kept saying was, "Does this make are the Bulls a one to four team or a six through nine? Because he doesn't want them to be a six through nine. He needs them to focus on one through four. And basically what that means, you know, a top four team, you know, in the conference. And when you look at those top four teams, I'm looking at, you know, the Heat, um, the Bucks, uh, the Celtics, and Philly. You're looking at those top four teams. The one thing all, the, all four of those teams have in common is a big man. You know, somebody in that middle. Uh, you got Bam Adebayo, obviously, uh, Time Lord, and Al Horford in Boston. Yeah. Uh, you got Joel Embiid. And then, of course, you got uh, the Greek Freak and Robin Lopez, uh, for that matter. So – does Rudy getting Rudy Gobert will like kind of put them in that territory with those one through four teams because you're finally having that kind of center that you can say, okay, you got your MB. I can actually counter you with this guy. Does, does it move the Bulls forward or does it kind of keep them at that five and they're, not, and they're still not good enough to get over that hump to be a top four team? Yeah, I mean, I think it's still a – debate whether you would put them ahead of the heat Celtics bucks. Um, but I think it does. Like we saw how well they played without any sort of defensive anchor there. Like all due respect to, to Vucevic, he wasn't that guy. And like, I don't think he was supposed to be, he was there to like make sure that the thing didn't like completely sink, but like he wasn't making them actively better. And I think, you know, with, Lonzo and Caruso defending the point of attack. Like you said before, I mean, this is this would be the best defensive, like, team that Gobert was ever a part of. And I don't think the Jazz make the playoffs without Gobert playing at that elite level, like, the last couple of years. So I absolutely think it vaults the Bulls into that kind of contention. I think at the end of the season, even though they played well at the beginning, we saw that they weren't quite ready to compete with them. And I know they were missing Lonzo, and I know Zach and Caruso weren't 100%. But I think it was also pretty obvious that, like, they were not in that same tier. I think Gobert puts them in that tier. Now, does that mean that they'll make the conference finals or the finals? Who knows? Maybe. But I think it it gets them one step closer. And um, I think the big thing there for me is whether or not it makes you, like, a conference finalist or a finalist. um, Like, the Bulls aren't headed that way right now anyway. And I don't think that there's – there's other moves that they can make around keeping Patrick Williams or, um, you know, without moving any future picks or whatever it may be. Like, I think this is the best move that would reasonably be on the table. And by the way, like this may not be on the table. I mean, this, this was like a a Jake Fisher rumors piece. Like we don't know if any of this is actually real, but I think from uh, like a philosophical standpoint, it's interesting to talk about it because like, this is a very unique situation. It's a very specific build of a roster so i absolutely think it makes the bulls good enough to compete at that level uh that's how good rudy gobert is and i think a lot of people don't see it i think if you put him out there and you watch five or ten games with him playing the way he does with the rest of the bulls healthy um 
man, I just, I think they would be really, really tough to beat. Uh, Joey, do you have that uh, graphic that we wanted to share with everybody about just how elite Gobert remained this past season? Um, and some of this is, is touched on in your column, Will. Um, I mean, just so these are ranks among NBA players this 21-22 NBA season. Uh, uh, defensive um, expected plus minus, fifth. Defensive Raptor, first. Defensive Rating, second. Defensive Block Percentage, first. Block Percentage, first. Uh, and then Differential of Field Goal Percentage, first. Um, so, uh, to clarify for those folks, Will, different, <laughs> and there is the stifled tower. Yes. of Joey. <laughs> wow. French projection. Wow. Um, okay. I, I'm, I'm, nope. I'm totally off it now. I don't want him here. So a differential <laughs> of field goal percentage <laughs> being a, a player's plus or minus of their field goal percentage when guarded by Rudy Gobert compared to their average field goal percentage. Correct. Yeah, exactly. It's basically how what percentage did they shoot relative when Gobert was the closest defender relative to what they normally shoot. So Gobert held opponents to shooting seven percent below their average when he was guarding them, which is nuts. And, and it's something that the Bulls don't have. Like they gave up the most points, the most attempts in the paint of any team in the league on average last year. Like that was just not a part of their game, and they didn't defend the three point line super well. So. What are you doing? I think it was kind of a, a paper tiger their defense was for the first part of the year where teams were missing shots and Lonzo and Crusoe were playing out of their minds. And hopefully that continues. But having that sort of defensive anchor that you can hang your hat on, I just I don't think those are those kind of guys are dispensable. So, um, I, I yeah, I mean, I think he just completely revolutionizes what the Bulls could do defensively. And I think that vaults them into like Eastern Conference contenders like pretty pretty easily, honestly. Wow, is it simple? And I think the the one more thing is like, what do you do? Like the Bulls kind of made their bet, you know, like they traded Wendell and two picks for Vucevic. They traded a, a future pick for Damar. They don't have Larry Markin anymore. They have Kobe White and they have Patrick Williams, but like the team is built to win now. And Lonzo is young and Zach is 27. But, I mean, we know what this looks like if DeMar is not there, right? Like, he's 32. Vooch is 32. Mm-hmm. The picks are out the door already, so you can't, like, bottom out. I just – I don't know where trying to tread water gets you because I don't think they'll be as good next year as they were this year. And this is the kind of move that really helps you take a step. Maybe it doesn't work out. Like, I don't think it's – nothing is guaranteed. But I think if you're already going down this path, waiting it out or banking too much on potential or um, thinking it's not going to make you good enough, so what's the point, is kind of like the mentality that Garpax had that prevented them from doing anything. And so I would rather be aggressive and like, yeah, like go for it. I mean, this is, we're, we're in a window where you have an ability to go for it. And this is not like, I was pro trading Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant because I felt like, this was an opportunity to go for it. And like Jeremy Grant is nowhere near the caliber of player that Gobert was. And I think at the end of the day, it would have been dumb to do that for Grant. When everybody got injured, it became obvious that that was not the move. But even in general, like, I don't think, I think Grant gets traded this summer and it will be for a lot less than Patrick Williams. But again, Rudy Gobert is so far and away a better player. And what he does to make your team better 
is so much more impactful than anything Jeremy Grant could do. So, yeah, I think I, I think this is just like an apples and oranges situation. And I mean, I am still just looking at this from a well, this this part of this idea scares me, and this part of this idea scares me, and this part of me wonders if this is necessary for the Bulls to take their next step. But I don't disagree at all with everything you just said in that the way that I would talk myself into being okay with this if, hypothetically, this happens this summer. The Bulls swing big and make this trade for Rudy. And again, that also is assuming that Utah is interested in a package that resembles Vooch Patrick yeah, and frankly, some, I think something else. This deal does not get it done for Utah. Like I think they would get more, and I think other teams would outbid the Bulls, and more teams would be interested. So, right, I, I think this is pretty unlikely to happen. But I, it's fun to talk about. I'm all but in on if it season. would, it would be like I would be okay with it because it would be a continuation of this new regime doing things differently than the old one, which is swinging big. And swinging big to try and build yourself as competitive a roster as you can right freaking now. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some people in the comments who, like me, like Big Dave, still believe in Patrick Williams um, and, and frustrated by a loss of a season due to injury, but still believe that there is a hell of an NBA player in there somewhere mm -hmm. saying, ah, I don't know if I want to give him up for Rudy, and especially if Rudy doesn't get this team all that far. How how long did the Bulls try for years and generations of building hometown talent, developing hometown talent through the draft? Hometown meaning like drafted, not from Chicago or Illinois. Mm -hmm. And how often did it fail? Yeah. Like you got you got to at some point try something different and maybe especially try something more aggressive. And, but here's the thing and, too. I, I think ahead. sorry, Will, but here's the thing too. I think, and I and I don't think this way about it. But I think Bulls fans just look at the big misses when they've made these trades, and the biggest one I'm sure they're going to look at is Jimmy Butler, and they look at that and they're like, see what it could have been here. It could have done that to a lesser extent. People might look at you know Wendell Carter Jr. Even though that's dumb, they they might look at Wendell Carter Jr. and and say that as well. And to an even lesser, lesser, lesser extent, they can look at Daniel Gafford, which is even dumber, and, and say those things. But I think Bulls, it's, and I've said this a lot about Bulls fans over the years. Bulls fans love having all their toys, but hate sharing them. <laughs> you know what I mean? They yes. don't like giving them out to anybody, but they want to keep them all. But at the same time, they want your toys too. <laughs> you know, they want to get better without giving you anything. And that's really not how that works. You're going to have to take some L's. In, in this situation, and that's okay. You know, that's part of growing right there. But in this instance, and I think this is kind of Will's point, it's not really an L when you're getting probably the best defensive center in the league, a defensive player of the year, a multiple-time all-star. Time. You know what I'm saying? And all this on your team, who is still in the prime of his career, right. to move your team forward to try to get themselves uh, to a championship. And he's right, because that's all a hang-up for me is, like Patrick Williams, and like Matt said, we're huge Patrick Williams fans. It's like if I had seen it this year, I think I'd I know what side of the fence to be on. And it's the fact that I didn't get a chance to see it and it was so inconsistent. And then in the last game when you played all those minutes, I watched you score like 35 and 12 on the team. You know what I'm saying? And and then do nothing. You know what I mean? Like so it's been very inconsistent. So I, I don't know what to make of him yet. So I'm like, ah, is there one more year in there that I need to see first? So it's those kind of things that hold me back, but at the same time. 
it, it just sounds silly for me to say, I don't want this elite center that will make my team better immediately. It's the thing, same thing that happened with Kobe. Like, everybody was on board with Kobe when he was running around putting up 20 and 5 on a really shitty team. And then all of a sudden things got real and he wasn't doing it. And, like, everybody gave up on him. Like, what if that happens with Pat? There's risk in keeping him, too. Because the intrigue right now is what makes him a valuable trade asset. And if you find out what the intrigue is and it's not good, then he's not valuable and you can't get that player anymore. So, obviously, it's a risk. And, and again, like I've said this before, this is not me saying like, I'm done with Patrick the way that I think a lot of people feel with Kobe and they would do this trade if it was Kobe instead of Patrick. Well, that's not how it works. Like the Jazz aren't going to want Kobe because Kobe has proven that he's not good. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I think you have to, you have to like trade good players to get good players in return. Um, and, and I've said this before too, but like the Bulls have made their decision. They have picked a direction and floating around in, like Goff said, the 6 through 10 range is going to make them worse because they're out feature picks and they're not good enough. And maybe this still doesn't get you good enough, but I think it gets you closer. And it would suck to see Patrick Williams turn into Jimmy Butler on another team. Like, that would really hurt. But I don't know. I mean, that, that's not a guarantee that he does that. If you could say Patrick Williams is going to be Kawhi or Jimmy Butler – yeah, keep them, but like you can't guarantee that. <laughs> That's the toughest part of this is that you don't know, right? right. Some some people think they know that P Dub's going to be a star. Right. Some people think they know already that he's a bust. Right. And all of the rest of us that have common sense know that we don't know what <laughs> P Dub is going to be, and that's what makes this potential trade or any potential trade involving him so what, difficult. That's like you're investing the chip. You're not giving up on him. You know, like right. you're spending the money to buy a great thing as opposed to like throwing your money down a toilet, whatever, you know, like this, they're not just like burning it. You're, you're spending it. Right. Uh, and I mean, uh, I see super dupa Danko in the comments saying post go bear era is what I'm worried about. I'm out. Uh, I mean, does that change if bringing go bear here with a core of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo and crew gets you a chip? Oh, I'm in. Yeah, and and that's because then I'm first um, in line, and that but and that's funny because he says that, but those are things I honestly don't even worry about because again, I know who I got in the front office, so I don't worry about them not acquiring what they need. You know what I mean, and not getting exactly what they need because Will is right. Either way it goes, they still got work to do. They still mm-hmm. got holes they got to fill. Yeah, but I'm not worried about how they fill those holes with Gobert or without Gobert because of my front office. Now, I think it'll be easier to fill those holes, honestly, if you get Gobert because teams will look at you even more than they're looking at the Bulls right now. We saw how they kind of elevated on uh, players, you know, uh, level when they got DeMar, when they got Vooch and all that. You get, like like Will said, you get Gobert and you throw DeMar and Zach in there, Alonzo, yeah, guys are going to want to come play with that team, like, immediately. I, I want to jump in real quick, Will. Uh I was just thinking about something we talked about yesterday a little with golf, and it's like Thanks. with with the uh, level of talent that that's in the NBA. Like, it's easy to say, yeah, the Bulls this wouldn't put them over the edge. How do, how do we know that? Like, Boston was was five hundred in January, and people were talking about splitting up Tatum and Brown. Like, True. I don't think the Bulls have a Jason Tatum on their roster. But like we said yesterday, it's not about just getting that big two, big three anymore. Like, you know, it just. Who knows what the what the ceiling of this team could be and how it's going to play out and and who knows what Rudy will look like outside of Utah. 
True. Yeah, I mean, that's the there's risk on both sides, right? Like if there's risk in keeping Pat, there's risk in sending him away, there's risk in getting Gobert, and there's risk in not getting him. So it's just like, which do you think is the best case scenario? Which do you think is the worst case scenario? And that's why hitting on draft picks becomes that much more valuable. And finding guys like Javante Green on the margins becomes that much more valuable because if you're spending a lot on your top top end players, then you have to hit on the cheap ones in order to have that full roster. We saw what happens when you just have a couple of guys that can play in the playoffs. Um, and that's where all of your resources are allocated. So the the more top heavy you are, the more risky it is, but you're also not going anywhere if you don't have talent at the top end. And the thing that I appreciate the most about AK and his front office is that they've looked at players in creative ways and not just like seen the raw production in their current space. They've said, well, DeMar DeRozan is considered what he is, but like if he comes to Chicago, he could be this much better and could help Zach this much more than not playing with DeMar DeRozan. And is that worth giving up a future pick for? I would say so. So it was kind of the same thing with Vucevic. The process was, even though the results weren't great, like I think this is not a warrior situation where they draft Steph Clay and Draymond and just grow this core together and then have one year off and then draft Kaminga and Wiseman. Like it just doesn't work that way. That's like the Spurs and the Warriors. And everybody else has to like figure out a way to be competitive or not. And the Bulls have been not competitive for ten years. And they got super lucky with Derek and he was kind of that homegrown hometown kid that turned into a star. Like they don't really have that right now. So they need to find another way to build. And that makes, like I said, the draft picks that they have every other year, that much more important. It makes the minimum slots that much more important. The mid-level exception that much more important. But to your point, Dave, like I think that's where you feel a little bit more secure in your, in your ability to hit than finding a star. Like you can't do any of this if you don't have that star player and the bulls don't have a top 10 player. So they need to have three top 20 or three top 25. And Vucevic is not that guy right now. Maybe he improves next year. If you hang on to him, maybe Patrick Williams gets there. I don't think either of those are going to happen. So you may as well go get a guy who's already there. Uh, All right. Um, Before we get out of here, we are going to knock off a few more numbers on our Bulls draft history countdown. Uh, We got to pick that back up. But before that, Big Dave, tell Uh the people what they should be using if they want to – have a healthy lifestyle. Oh, well, there's several things. Of course, it's that those greens that are athletic. Oh, that of course, always. Always gets on. But there's another thing. In addition. You, in addition to that, that also tastes just as delicious and works just as well. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, yesterday, and she was telling me she she was a vegan. I'm sorry, Matt. Uh, she's a vegan, and she doesn't eat meat. And she was like, well, you know, I need protein. She was like, I'm struggling to find some stuff with protein. Dry steak. And I said, you know what? I got something just for you. And no, it is not steak, but it is called Owen. And she said, what is that? I said, hey, it's free artificial ingredients. It's allergen-free. It's no gluten or dairy. It's easily digestible. I didn't say the easily digestible part. But yes, (laughs) I said all those things to her. And she said, that sounds great. I was like, and it comes in the awesome flavors, strawberry, banana, uh, caramel, uh, chocolate, vanilla. Like, it comes in definitely some delicious flavors that you should try. So I brought her some. She tasted it. Loved the caramel. She said, I need more of this. And I said, yes. Well, you know how you get more of this. You can get 20% off your first order at liveowen.com. 
CHGO20.com when you use that code CHGO20 when you sign up. Why don't you go ahead and be just like her and be just like Justin Fields? I know you want to be like that, don't you? You see that? Ugh. That was a nice pass, man. Tight spiral. Is that, is that what that was? Yeah. Oh, good job. Yeah. Okay. I'm proud Courtesy of you, of Owen. Yeah. <laughs> Courtesy of Owen, y'all. That is liveowen.com. Use that code CHGO20 when you sign up to get yourself a wonderful deal. Because a win's a win. Dave, I actually have a question quickly. Come on with it, bro. Is your, uh, does your vegan friend mm-hmm. by chance have a boyfriend who can tell us the secret to immortality? <laughs> bad vegan on Netflix, Shout ladies and gentlemen. Bad vegan. Bad vegan. Everybody go watch bad vegan. Dude, that, that, was, that was the water cooler topic this week. Wow, dude. Wow. <laughs> I've told so many people about that. The young lady that twists right. my hair. I got to go see her tomorrow. I said, you need to watch that so we can discuss this. Hey, man. You know what that Netflix documentary ta- taught me? What's that? Vegans are dumb. <laughs> That's what it told you? Yep. I don't know. It just taught me that. That was me the were... biggest takeaway and lesson of that documentary. If well, you if you go vegan, mm-hmm. you will get duped by a con artist and your life will fall apart. That's true. And the guy who helped it fall apart was a meat eater. Okay, gotcha. Who, su- <laughs> who, who succeeded in conning someone for he a did. very long a time. A very, very long time. And put on massive amounts of weight. The meat suit. He, put on, he had on the meat how bad? How, how much did you really want to see an actual meat suit though? Watching that, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> Wanted to see that, man. Watch yeah. Bad Vegan, Will. While you're out there, I'm gonna watch on the on the freaking 72 hour plane ride back. You'll have time. Yeah. Go ahead though, Will. Can we can we do uh, one quick? I'm seeing in the comments people talking about Mitchell Robinson, DeAndre Ayton, and I think we should just hit on that real quick before we transition to uh, to. Well, we've got about 10 minutes, so good luck with making Aiton and Robinson real quick. <laughs> I just I think that spending $30 million on Aiton is a worse decision than spending $40 million on Gobert. Like he's, he's younger, uh, but it's also much harder to get him. The sign-and-trade, you'd have to give up Vooch and probably Patrick Williams anyway. Um, it also becomes more complicated because of the base year compensation rules, which prevent the Bulls from taking in as much as the uh, – the Suns could take back. So that's very complicated. Mitchell Robinson's a restricted free agent. The Bulls can't go uh, get him for anything more than the the mid-level exception right now because they're already operating over the cap. So that's that's difficult. But more importantly, they're just like nowhere near as good. Again, the gap between those guys and what Go- Gobert brings you is so significant. And I think um, it gets a little bit underappreciated when there are other good rim protectors out there. For sure, those guys are good, but I just don't think they're anywhere near as good as Gobert and also probably equally unrealistic to get. So that's all I got to say there. We can go to the, the draft picks. Because Gobert for sure answers a question where it's the true. other guys don't really. They that's just true. add some good stuff to your team. And I mean, Aiton, younger, obviously. Mm-hmm. You cannot make the argument that Aiton is just as good at Gobert at the things that Gobert is elite no, at. You can't say that, no. Um, okay. Draft history countdown. Woo. So in case you have missed these segments prior, basically what we're doing is uh, starting at 30, mm-hmm. every pick in the first round of the NBA draft going through and taking the winner at that pick because at most picks there are several. Mm-hmm. This next uh, slew of numbers that we're going to knock out real quick right now, 25, 24, 23, and 22, mm-hmm. 
It's not the prettiest looking litter of puppies I've ever seen, Dave. So here we have some picks 23, 24, and 25. Okay. 25, Sydney Lowe in 83. Shout out. Corey Blunt, 93. Shout out, champion. MJ retiring the first time. I was like, Corey Blunt, going to be a star. Oh, you said that? Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Well, okay. I was a seven-year-old kid. What the hell did I know? <laughs> Turns out Corey Blunt, awful at basketball. Yeah, but stuck bit. around the NBA long enough long that time. he actually had a second stint with the Bulls. Mm -hmm. The beginning of the Baby Bulls, 2002 to 2004. Yep. Corey Blunt was back on that Bulls squad, sure man. Was. He sure was. Got a couple rings. You know what I mean? Played with the Lakers, too. Crazy. Well. Got him something there. Crazy that he played with the yeah. Lakers. Uh, 24 there, you see Kevin Stakem mm -hmm. in 73, my and count. perhaps my one of my like <laughs> soft heart, no reason someone should love this guy other than his name, Dalibor Bagarich. Bagarich. Three just, seasons. Three seasons how? with the Bulls this dude played. How? How did he do that? Do you remember know. Dalibor, Will? No. <laughs> <laughs> I That's the inside I, I come remember here the for. name. It's all about the name with him. It, it, was, it was never about his game, bro. It, it really was the just all about The name is legendary, his game. but the game, mm -hmm. I don't right. remember. So some Bulls fans might recognize that name from the Twitter bio profile of our pal Casey Johnson. Have okay. you ever noticed what his bio is? No. It is, you know, covering the Chicago Bulls from Dynasty to Dalibor mm. to, and then it, it used to be to Derek, mm. as in Derek Rose, and then it was Denzel. Ooh. He switched it from Derek to Denzel as a joke. And then, of I course, this season switched it to DeMar. DeMar? But always, always, always has been there, Dalibor. Wow. Oh, I got each. Man, dude, that was around in the 2000s. I mean, my God. <laughs> Y'all don't know pain, man. Y'all don't know pain, dog, watching that team for about Yuck. four years, bro. Like, I know it was bad now with, with that bald-headed menace who was here previously, but y'all, trust me, y'all don't know pain. half of the wins. I mean, we're talking about 13, 14, 15 wins in a season compared yep. to 27 with the bald-headed yep. menace, as you like to say. So, My yeah. God, dude. Glad, glad I don't remember that one. Um, fun little fact that I relearned uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Dalbor was drafted by the Bulls with a pick that they got from the Spurs in the trade as the dynasty was being broken apart wow. that sent Steve Kerr to the Spurs. Mm. Dalibor was a product of Steve Kerr leaving the dynasty. Wow, dude. That's... Ugh. God, that's kind depressing. of depressing, right? That's depressing. <laughs> like, that's a little depressing. Right? Uh, it's like we got well, at least we got something for Steve Kerr as the dynasty's falling right. apart. At least we got Dolly Borg back. We got oh. 95 games of Dolly Borg oh, Bagarich. Who, to his credit, went back over to Europe and had a pretty impressive European career. Of course he did. Oh my goodness, man. That's <laughs> uh, just, uh. All right. Real quick then at 23, Johnny Baum in 69 Shout and out. Mike Glenn in 77. Shout out. Mike Glenn was a big fat nothing. Uh, like <laughs> his basketball reference page, it's there. Damn. There's nothing on it. Damn. And uh, Johnny Baum played two seasons. <laughs> no, not Mike Glennon. No. No. <laughs> not, uh, not Giraffe QB. No. Um, Johnny Baum played two seasons with the Bulls after being drafted in 69 before Going to the going to the ABA where he finished out his professional basketball career. Now I got I got to ride for uh, Mike Glenn real quick because you know of course 
I went to my brother about this. Of course. I had to ask him who these were. Of and course. of course, he remembers Mike Glenn, who nobody <laughs> remembers at all. Never played a single game for the Bulls. Never played a single game for the Bulls, but my brother said and he was. what is there to remember? Yes. <laughs> he said he was a great shooter in college, a great shooter. He went to SIU, and he actually had a nickname. His nickname was Stinger. Stinger the Saluki? Stinger was his nickname. Yeah, he was a great shooter. He was the man over there, but never played, man. He never, ever, ever played. Mm. And was part of the broadcasting team with the Hawks later on in his career. What a what a winner. Mm-hmm. My goodness. <laughs> um, all right, he hit, so. Uh, he had eight threes in his, in his entire NBA career. How about that? Oh, shit. Well, I mean, for back for way back then. That's a lot. Eight of, uh, eight of 28. Look at that. That's crazy. That's like. Teams put that up in a half these days. <laughs> or or if you're the Warriors, a quarter. Yes, but he did get hurt. I, I do want to say that. Mike Glenn did get hurt. So that has something to do with it, too. But. Shout out to Stinger. Yeah, shout mm. out to Stinger, baby. What a great nickname. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the, the player that we did want to honor for being the, the prize of this litter of picks from 25 to 22 is... There he is. Of course, our guy, Bobby Crazy Eyes Portis. There he is. The 22nd pick back in 2015 out of Arkansas. You see there what he put up in his collegiate career mm-hmm. uh, as he was entering the NBA draft. Pretty impressive stuff. And then, as you also see, the winner in the 14-15 collegiate season of yes. the SEC Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. I was pretty stoked when we took Bobby. Like, I remember uh, covering that draft back in 2015 mm-hmm. and coming into that draft thinking, if this is the guy the Bulls end up with at 22, I'd be pretty happy with that. I, I saw him at 22 as a potential steal. Yeah, I did too. Because um, when you watch this tape, he just had all the tools, honestly, and it was just about him getting better. Mm-hmm. That's all it was about. How much can he? How better can he get in this league? How much can he grow? And does he have that mental to do that? And he showed early on, yeah, he's got the mental to do that because that dude is out of his mind. When he says he gets hyped up for a game by thinking about somebody punching his mother in the face, it's one of the craziest things I've ever wildest heard. Wildest thing I'd ever heard. Yeah, oh, anyone say Joey, Joey is real. He said this. He said yeah. that's how he gets hyped up for a game. Thinks about somebody punching his mother in the face. <laughs> and then he's ready to go out there and play. Wow. Well, whatever works for you, Bobby. Yeah, right. Hey, got a ring. That's, <laughs> that's uh, NBA champion Bobby Portis. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Respect on it. Who the entire city of Milwaukee and probably state of Wisconsin has just embraced. Yeah. You yeah. know that after somewhere in the aftermath of the Hawks, uh, the, Hawks the Bucks winning the chip last year, mm-hmm. in the tail end of last summer, they gave him a key to the city. Wow, man. Bobby Portis has a key to wow. the city of Milwaukee. That's how much that team and that fan base loves him. Now, and I just want to say two quick things about Bobby. One, he's also one of my favorites because he punched Nico back to Europe. Yeah. And the other Bye, thing, Nico. And the other thing, I know we don't want to hear that, but I was, I loved it. Loved every <laughs> second. Get that dude off my team. But Had it coming. The other thing, and I need Matt to flex on this for a second, that Matt actually, and Joey, you, you probably didn't know this, but Matt actually went bowling with young Bobby Portis. Out there. True Got story. The lanes out there with Bobby Portis, sir. One. Uh, Bobby, by a lot. So um, it Wait, was, you just, know, those uh, like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, so the, the story is the Bulls players w- would do those quick, you know, like videos at media day that they would put up on the Jumbotron at the UC, like during timeouts. Mm-hmm. And then one of them is always, you know, like, get to know this player in 20 seconds, rapid-fire questions. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was, what is something non-basketball related about you that most people don't know? And he said, Bobby Portis' answer was, I am an elite bowler. Wow. 
He said, I'm probably one of the best bowlers in my region. Mm. And so my former Locked On Bulls co-host, Jordan Malley, shout out to shout Jordan. Out. Uh, just like we're joking about this because it was the offseason, I think, and we were like, we need something to talk about. Let's talk about how Bobby Portis just claimed to be the best bowler in his region. What is a bowling region? How do you even <laughs> classify that? And then, so we just like tweeted at Bobby a couple of times because my, my guy Jordan, like, was a bowler at University of Indiana, like, Lex. competitively, uh -huh. and was like, I think I could take him. So we just tweeted <laughs> at Bobby, like, yo, man, you want to go? See you on the lanes? And Bobby quote tweeted and was like, hey, name the time and the place. Yo, that's so, so funny. we got in contact with Bobby's people yo. and organized a bowling event wow. where Bobby showed up, me and my guy Jordan were there, and we had welcomed our Locked Up Bulls listeners and Bulls fans to come hang out with us mm -hmm. at uh, King's Bowling Alley right here in the city. Yo, that's so funny because he sounded like everybody that says that. Like, you know, I did it in college, so, yeah, I can take this pro right here. Right. You know, I voted in college. I can take them. Get yeah. out of here. So they played two <laughs> games, just those two, one-on-one, okay. Bobby and my guy Jordan. First game, Jordan sweating bullets, right? <laughs> so nervous. And I think he bowled, like, Awful for mm. for his standards. Awful, like barely triple digits. Okay, Bobby, <laughs> two sixty five. Damn, walked in and bowled at two sixty five like it was nothing. Wow. And then I think like even managed to top the two sixty five in the second game. Jordan did better, made it slightly more competitive, but he mopped the floor with them both times. Bro, damn, best Shout bowler out. in the region, Bobby Portis. Will, can you bowl, Will? Not well. Not well. Okay. All right. Not well. Joey, you? No, but Sarah's a really good bowler. Sarah's a bowler? Sarah, what's your best score, Sarah? My best score, I actually got up to like 185. Okay. Uh, I used to bowl a lot with uh, my friends uh, at school for the last four years. So okay. I actually was just thinking I, it would be pretty interesting to kind of maybe play someone who's good as well. Should I hit up Bobby? Toss me now. See if he wants to come back to Chicago. Yeah, put it on him, I'm, a, I'm really <laughs> not Mike that bowl. bad. <laughs> You're not good. Yeah, I'm Kev's not good. I'm Kev's not, not good. good. Kev's not good. Um, <laughs> man, you know, it's it's a shame. And, like, I know that uh, Bulls fans, this, uh, as soon as the Bulls season ended, mm. I've been saying, like, you know this roster could use right now? Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. Yeah, man. Not entirely awesome. wrong. You'll be awesome. Bobby Portis will be doing his thing, man. And I'm just, he's he was one of those players that you're just happy he did well. Because remember, guys, he turned down that money right. that the Bulls were going to offer him and bet on himself and then got hurt. And then when he got hurt, he got traded immediately Right. Um, in that package. But Oof. what he turned out to be was just – you're just happy. You're like, you don't root for Milwaukee, but you're like, man, shout out Bobby, though. You know right. what I mean? For actually, you know, betting on himself and winning. Truly. Um, you see there, it's, it's not like his Bulls career stats were all that impressive. Mm -hmm. About 10 points a game, six boards a game. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was, a you know, an intangibles guy. That uh, definitely brought a certain level of effort and energy to every single game night. Yeah, and he is one of those players in the league right now who's like, I don't care if it's a Tuesday night in February right. or if it's opening night or if it's round two of the playoffs. Right. Bobby's energy level always at crazy eyes. Always at crazy always eyes. Always at yeah. crazy eyes. That it's dude so true. has earned that nickname. Yeah, shout out to Bobby. Uh, real quick Bobby. before we get out, go ahead, Will. Bobby's been tweeting cryptic things over the past hour. So who knows what's happening? He tweeted 49 minutes ago, some things you can't replace dot, dot, dot. And then 15 minutes ago, a black image, new profile pic. 
Mm. On his way out of town, sounds like. Interesting. All right. Yeah, taking some uh, social media cues from uh, his old teammate Jimmy Buckets, apparently. (laughs) What does that caption mean? Um, Other picks at 22, real quick. Okay. John Dixon in 67, Mm -hmm. whole lot of nothing. Played one season for the ABA New Orleans Buccaneers. Shout out. Which is not even a name of a city and team that I remember existing. I want to see that logo. The new, Oh, dude, it's an epic logo. I want to see The it. New Orleans ABA Buccaneers. I need to see that. Mwah, I, I, saw it on, I saw it on the internet yesterday when oh, I was yeah? looking up John Dixon. <laughs> and it's great. Joey's looking for it right now. Oh, I got to see it. Um, and then, of course, even more recently than Bobby. You know the answer. Who was Selected this? at 22. Talk to him. Tell me. Hutch. Oh, the GOAT. Yeah. The great? Daddy Jr. Oh, my God. Oh, there, there it is. There it is. Oh, look, look at that. At it. Oh, it's so beautiful. Wow. That is, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a choice. <laughs> I'm not really sure what's good. The mustache is also covering, like, it's his neck, nose, and mustache have all morphed into one. Yeah. Is his right. lips on his chest? He doesn't have lips or neck. He doesn't have what's lips that or a neck. Ch- He's got a schnoz. And a stash coming out of his nostrils. But what's that in the middle of I his chest? I think it's a tat because yeah, he's a pirate. Yeah, yeah, tattoo. I a think tattoo it's, it's a pirate what? tattoo. Wow, he's he's made some some interesting choices in his life. <laughs> like, and that's why he's got that knife in his hand. I, like, I love how the basketball just looks so janky. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like it's like a third grader drew New Orleans on a oh, red, white, and blue I'm basketball. He's last. But your boy Hutch. Hutch. Bulls legend Hutch. Given a draft draft pick. promise. <laughs> To that guy. To Hutch. Go ahead, Never makes sense to me. My boy. I didn't say you was your boy, Will. I didn't say that. <laughs> I did not say he was your boy. I didn't. Uh, uh, crutch sore shin, as, as John loves to call him. Crutch sore shin. Who had, whose hairline is still the one of the wildest things I had ever seen because it starts at his eyebrows. I had never seen that before, dog. Like, it starts right here, right down there on his eyebrows and then goes up. It's like, what if Jalen Rose... Just took it way too far. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that is Hutch's hairline. Just hey, man. He said, "What if he took it way too far?" Yeah, look at that, Joey. Look, look at look at where it starts. Like it looked like he trimmed from the eyebrows and then went on up. You know what I mean? Like it was always strange, and he was always hurt. He never really played. And then one of my favorite moments is when he went to Washington and started flexing. Because Washington went to the playoffs, right. they and started talking crazy about the And he posted like Bulls. that IG live video of yes. him like dancing in the tunnel after the game. Yes. It's like, dude, what did you do to help? You're but, celebrating that the team you got traded to is going to the playoffs. You've done yeah. diddly shit, diddly poo. He did nothing, and then got traded to Phoenix and did nothing there. And where is he mm. still in the league now? Is he still in? Sioux Falls Sky Force G oh, League. Oh, shout out! That is the most recent Sioux stop Falls. for Hutch. Shout out Sioux Falls, man. So you know. He's doing good. <laughs> man. Shout out to him, man. Uh, all right, so that's it. That's picks 25 through 22 knocked out just like that. We will continue our Bulls draft countdown as we move closer to this year's draft. Yeah. Uh, and we got some some tough calls coming up in some yeah. of these picks yeah. uh, getting into the teens. Don't get fun, man. Um, in the meantime, one more reminder, go check out that column that we'll put up on allchgo.com analyzing this Rudy Gobert rumor that we've been discussing today. Um, and get yourself a membership by signing up at PointsBet. Do that. So that you can read that column. Huzzah. Although, actually, I think that column is unlocked and free for all to read today. Ooh. I'm not mistaken. Uh, and follow Will on Twitter at Won't Gottlieb. Big Dave is at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports on Bulls underscore Peck. We, C-H-G-O underscore Bulls. 
Keep it right here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel, which you should be subscribed to if you aren't already. We got bets at 430. Mm. We got bears at 5. Mm. We got Cubs pre at 530. Mm. We got Sox pre at 630. Then we got Cubs post game. Then we got Sox post game. Here for you always, mm. our fellow Chicago sports fans. We love you. For Joey and Sarah and Big Dave and myself, thanks as always for tuning in. Will, saving the goat for last. Oh, well done. We're, <laughs> we're back tomorrow at 3 o'clock Chicago time. Will, stay safe down there in Brazil. Brazil. Tell Felicia we said what's up. See you, Red. Be good. Yes, sir.